No, I'm not preaching on vacuum cleaners this morning, but I'm going to use them as an illustration. Maybe, hopefully. Uh, all right. And like I said, uh, things uh, can be a little scattered. I'm just praying that the Lord put it all together. Um, um, and I, I know Paul asked in Ephesians, and I pointed it out before, Paul asked in Ephesians uh, for prayer that God would give him utterance and boldness to preach. And so, uh, you know, and that's a good way to pray, pray for your preacher, uh, that God would give us utterance, <laughs> God would give us boldness. I've been preaching, I mean preaching, I've been praying for myself a whole lot lately, more on that utterance part, but um, sometimes, you know, things puts, will go on paper in your, God gives it to you in your heart and your mind one way and then try to put it out on paper is another, it just doesn't come, doesn't flow right. Sometimes I just say, fooey on the paper, God give me utterance. <laughs> and he helps me, and I thank the Lord for that. And I'm kind of praying along the lines, those, you know, along those lines today. In fact, uh, I've just got a, maybe a couple of references here on my paper and some definitions, uh, but and some uh, kind of read after Mr. Pink, which uh, uh, a little bit, and this is, his exposition of the book of Hebrews. His exposition of the book of John is the same thickness. but And, and, and I haven't read much after him. I, I, I know a lot of men that have. Uh, and I've got several of his books. Uh, but uh, uh, I've noticed in, in his, in his um, writings, he quotes a whole lot of preachers, which is fine, and a, a lot of other men in their writings. Um, but just uh, the Lord really laid upon my heart Hebrews 11.1, 1, and Brother Glenn has already um, uh, referred to this. Um, then Brother Chris and his devotional already you know, talked about David's faith, and it really goes right along with the, what the Lord laid on my heart. Um, in reading, of course, and then I look back at some of my, my notes, I, I do... Uh, have a, a Bible program on my um, study program on my computer that I use, and when I save, I can I can like if I'm preaching, I'll say Hebrews 11:1, 1, then I can put that in a study note tab, and and just make my study notes over in this study study note tab, and uh, and I can save it under that scripture. So any any other time I want to go back and refer to it, I can. And so when I opened up Hebrews 11, 1 in my study tab, it showed that I'd already preached a message out of this entitled uh, Safety, something about safety, um, yeah, fate's hiding place, or, and, uh, and that's what I, and so, but, and then there was some of the same stuff in there as I was kind of scanning, but really not what I, the direction I wanted to go. And so, uh, Lord knows that too. So anyway, so actually, so I wouldn't lose that, I, I, I put Hebrews 10. In fact, if you'll turn to Hebrews 10, one of the things when you have your Bibles and you're reading along, and I pointed this out before, especially in certain study Bibles where the, you know, the Word of God is divided up, by the person that's put a study program together, if you want to put it that way, 
I know I gave uh, Roy and Virginia a Schofield study Bible that, that was had left, left here in, in the desk back there. And I'm kind of saying it for them. You know, if you get us a plain Bible that's just, but even then, people, somebody, in, in, as they put it together, have divided up into chapters. And lots of times, you know, we will just go to chapter 11 and, and, and say if we're reading our Bible through or just re reading our Bible, it's good to, to maybe read a chapter and stop there. But if you're studying, take into account, like Brother Glenn did in the Sunday school time, he was over in chapter 5, and the therefore says, where does that go? Why is the therefore therefore? And he went over to chapter 4 and the beginning of it, which explained what the beginning of chapter 5 uh, was talking about and in the reference to Abraham's faith. Again, in, in Romans, which we were just in in the Sunday school hour, uh, it was a letter to the church at Rome. Okay, so... So if you will keep that in your mind when you're reading the Bible, don't read, I mean, it's divided up into chapters to kind of help us keep place of things, but reading it with the knowledge that it was a single letter. You know, these prayer letters providentially are up here. <laughs> so here's, here's the Williamson's letter, just very brief. And then here's... The Matthews letter, which I just read a moment ago, and he divided it up, family update, returning to Vietnam, ministry update, and country update. So he has some divisions there in the single letter. But Brother, Brother Rose, he doesn't divide it up that way. It's just a single letter, and I mean, he's divided up into paragraphs, but it kind of gives you the way that we normally would write a letter. In paragraphs, which may separate up a thought, but the body as a whole is a single letter to us from him. And so when we're reading our Bibles, and I talked to Sister Jennifer, she wants me to put the, uh, and we've talked about it before, the, the song uh, of the New Testament books to help, you know, she can, she can sing it along with the little ones and they learn where the Bible, the books of the Bible are. If anybody else wants to learn the song, we will. But it goes, the way that I learned it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then it goes, and the letters to the, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and the letters to the Romans, first and second. So that's kind of, you got to get it in there, and the letters too. But that teaches us, even as a young Sunday school person, that it's after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, that transitional book that Brother Glenn took us through, and the letters too, from Romans all the way through Thessalonians, it's the letters to those churches, to those churches. And the letters to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus and Philemon. Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. See, everybody learned that song, and now you know where the books of the Bible are, at least in the New Testament. The Old Testament, we just had to memorize <laughs> the way I learned it. But anyway, and the letters too. So, so there was a letter to the Romans, like he dealt with there. And so 
again, in the context of Scripture and how things are divided up, which is where I got off on all that. But Hebrews chapter 10, and Brother Glenn even mentioned the word now <laughs> in, in the Sunday school hour. But again, there's a division here with the chapter heading in our Bibles. But putting things together as a letter to the Hebrews... The Hebrew saints, which is who this was written to. And in, in Hebrews chapter 10, let's begin reading, begin reading uh, let's see here. Of course, he talks about falling into the hands of a living God. It is a fearful thing. And he's, he's talked about the, um, the uh, judgment that was also mentioned there. But let's go pick up in verse number 32 of chapter 10 of Hebrews. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated. And again, he's talking to the saints of God. People that are already saved. But keep that in mind. So he's talking to them. So he's telling them to call that into remembrance after the, uh, the former days. In which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured great fight, a great fight of afflictions. So this is after you were illuminated to the gospel. You were illuminated to the truths. Then you suffered some afflictions after you believed. And partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had... Compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and and, and oh, read around that again that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Key word there. Now note and this particular book of the Bible doesn't have a writer to it. It is not signed. Most of the Paul, Pauline epistles, letters, you know, I, Paul, the apostle, is why he starts off in the salutation of the letter. And those that are with him sometimes are also included in these letters as far as who this letter's from. This letter's not signed. It's not in the salutation. It's not in the benediction of the letter. Uh, it's not in the close of the letter who wrote this book, but a lot of people feel that Paul wrote it. And there's been arguments back and forth through the years. I'm not going to argue about it. But one of, the re one of the verses there that might point to the fact that it wound up at the hands of Paul was the fact that uh, it says, For ye had compassion of me and my bonds. We know that Paul was in prison for the gospel's sake. Uh, you know, and the fact, and we know with the Philippian, the letter to uh, Philippi, and even to the Corinthian church, how that the churches took care of Paul in his bondage. You know, back then, the state didn't run the prisons necessarily, or at least the state didn't run the food in the prisons. They just locked you up. If food had to come even in the early colonial America. Uh, 
if you were fed in jail, if you were fed in prison, then you got it from your, your family that brought it down to you. Uh, otherwise, it was bread and water, and then it may be very sparse along those lines. But uh, one, one early American uh, that was thrown in jail for preaching the gospel, uh, as his parishioners would come and bring him food, he shared, and they put him in, in, the, in the jail cell with the meanest man in, the, in, the, in, in that part of the country, thinking that, that the mean guy would beat up the preacher. But uh, as the preacher's people would bring him some food, and he got to sharing with the mean guy <laughs> and showed kindness to him and then got to preaching to him, and the mean guy got saved. Amen. So anyway, that's what happens. But, um, but so they, they, they took compassion upon him and his bonds, and they spoiled, uh, and they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. They laid up treasures in heaven by giving of their substance to the preacher. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I like that verse of Scripture. As a child of God, I like that verse of Scripture. You know, there's been, oft, there's been often times that I've driven in, especially when I worked in Kentucky, I had to drive east before I drove north. And uh, I was driving over an old reclaimed mine, so there was no trees. And uh, I would see the sun coming up. And, uh, you know, with the troubles and the trials of life that sometimes befell me, I would say, Lord, is it today that you're coming in the eastern sky? You know, uh, but, and, and I think back to this, for, he that sh uh, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He will come. He that shall come. Brother, you pointed out the, the difference between shall and will last week. Down at Fifth Sunday, Brother Glenn mentioned the word shall in Sunday school. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's not going to tarry. He's coming. When the time comes, he's coming and nobody's going to stop him. Now the just shall live by faith, but he or but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. That drawing back, and again, it was, it's been alluded to in the Sunday school hour. That, you know, that faith has been alluded to in the Sunday school hour. You know, there are those that I think are, have, have been presented with the gospel. And, but then they get, they, they, they get to the place where the Holy Spirit may be dealing with them unto salvation. Right. But they get to that crossroads, that fork in the road. This is your place of, you can get on the narrow road. I'm like, oh, make sure I didn't fall down that. Uh, you can get on the narrow road that leads us to, to heaven, or you can stay on that broad way to destruction that you're already on. Amen. But there comes places in, in, in our lives many times by the grace of God. I speak of three times that God dealt with me unto salvation. There was three different times that, you know, 
two times prior to me actually getting on the right road, if you want to put it that way, uh, two times prior to me accepting Christ as my Savior and getting on that straight and narrow path that I had, that I faced an opportunity to come to Christ, that I decided to draw back on. No, not now. And basically told God, not now. Another time, a more convenient season, that was mentioned last week. Come to me again at a more convenient season. I'll hear you then. Too many times we tell the Holy Spirit that. Lord, Holy Spirit, not now. I've got things I want to do in life. That was my, that was my excuse to the God. Not now. I've got some more sinning to do. I'm only 14. 13, you know, I'm starting to look at girls and maybe they're starting to look at me. <laughs> Not now. I know that if I get saved now, then I'm going to have to. Or if I get saved now, then I won't be able to. Whatever your excuse is, there's been times in your life, maybe even recently, that God has allowed you to come to that place in the fork of the road, it says, or, or kind of like just the on-ramp. You're already on the road to destruction. Yes. But every now and then, you come up to an exit <laughs> that will allow you to get off and go in the opposite direction. That's <laughs> it. But if you travel on I-40 East, the exits might be miles and miles apart. And that's the way that it is. You know, we, we traveled down and even the, the, the parkway, especially if you get on one of them parkways. One of the, the, the toll roads, you can go miles upon miles upon miles upon miles and not come to an exit. You go out west, it's even worse. So you're on the road of the destruction. And on occasion, you'll see an exit sign that says, now's your opportunity for food and fuel. <laughs> oh, next, the next time that you get food and fuel is so many more miles down the road. So you better take the opportunity to have your bathroom break, get you some food and fuel. Because... It's going to be a while for you. And that's why in my, in my car when I had all my kids, Miss Sherry rode down with us uh, this last time, you know, and I see the sign. I said, all right, anybody need to go? Anybody need something to drink? Anybody want some food? And if anybody needs to go, now's the time to tell me because I can't, we're not going to be able to pull over for some miles down the road. And the Lord may have, and maybe today, Lord, please let it be today, that you give people an opportunity to get off that broad way to destruction. Those are the people that turn back so many times, and I turned back those two times. I was presented with the opportunity, and I said, nope, I'm not going to get off here. I'm not going to obey you now. I'm not going to believe you now. I'm going to continue on my broad way to destruction. Thank God he gave me another opportunity, which I said no to. And finally, another opportunity, which I said, all right, Lord, I believe. I'm going in another direction. I'm on 
the straight way. Now, the straight way is not like what some people think about straight, <laughs> being straight, because there are hills and there's curves and there's valleys, mountains. Straight means narrow. The straits of, you know, when you think of a canal, we're talking about the straits or passing through a narrow place, whether it's in between mountains or it's in a narrow uh, uh, waterway. It's a straight. So that straight and narrow way, that means when you come and you get on that straight, narrow way, you're not going to take anything with you. No works can go with you. It's all by faith. No sin can go with you. You got to leave that behind. If you're willing to say, all right, Lord, it's all of you and none of me. It's because I can't take anything with me. If I had a, most, you know, we go, we, we, well, Lisa, we carry in things. And Lisa actually asked the other day when we were carrying some stuff in, did I get it all? And I said, well, you know, you pack here, you put some here, and you pack here, and and you get it all, and you get up to a place, and you can't open the door because you got carrying all this stuff, all this baggage. Well, I can't open the door. The only way to open the door is to get rid of all that junk. And not that you have to get rid of stuff, it's just that you can't take it with you. You have to get to that place and say, oh, it's all of you, Lord, and none of me. So, but we are not of them who drew back. Who are we? He's talking to the Hebrew believers, okay? Keep it in mind who we're talking to. But of them, we are of them that believe to the saving of, our, of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Again, in our Bibles, we see chapter 11. In some of our Bibles, we see part 5 of the superiority of the faith way. Hebrews 11, 1 through 40, the sphere of faith. Okay, that wasn't in the original letter. The chapter number wasn't in the original letter. It went from, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So he's he's talking this transition. He goes, "We are the ones that believe to the saving of our soul." And then he's talking about that faith. We believe, and now he's going to talk about what we are believing, and what our belief brings us, and what our belief is. Our faith is the substance. Of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In this writing here, and I'm trying to think, this is attributed to Mr. Pink probably here. I've re-highlighted some things. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 1, the, hope, the opening now has almost the force of four denoting a farther confirmation of what had just been declared at the close of chapter 10. The apostle, uh, just had been declared. At the close of chapter 10, the apostle had just affirmed that the saving of the soul is obtained through believing, which was pointed out in Sunday school. 
Not of works, lest any man should boast. If I say, if I got, if I done this, and I gave this, and, and, and just died, and woke up, and I'm standing in heaven, then I thought, oh, all that good that I've done must have worked. Here I am. And like he said about the word now, <laughs> now here is when you need to know, and First John tells us we can know. And then you did what you did in life, and you died, and boop, you happened to be in heaven. Then you look back on your life, and you say, oh, I did this and this, and I gave this and this. This might be how I got here. So then all through eternity, we can put our thumbs behind our suspenders and say, this is how I got here. No, you're not going to boast. For by grace are ye saved through faith. That's it. All of Christ. Everybody is by grace through faith. All of Christ. He's the only door. You're not taking anything with you because you're not going to get to heaven and say, this is how I made it. I stopped this, I stopped that, I gave this, I gave that, I did this, I did that. It ain't going to work that way. Because you would brag. And Christ is not going to share his glory Amen. with anybody. That's right. We're going to give him the praise. Amen. And we're going to give him the glory throughout eternity Amen. for what he's done for us by shedding grace toward us and, allow, and, and giving us, you know, allowing us to believe. Now, uh, let's see. There was something else I was going to go, let's see, but of them that believe, okay. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, where we go. At the close of chapter 10, the apostle had just affirmed that the saving of the soul is obtained through believing, whereupon he now takes occasion to show what faith is and does, that faith can and does preserve the soul prompting to steadfastness under all sorts of trials and issuing in salvation may not only be argued from the effects which is its very nature to produce, but is illustrated and demonstrated by one example after another as we go through chapter 11. We're not going to go there. Cited in the verses which follow. It is important to bear in mind at the outset that Hebrews 11 is an amplification and exemplification of 10, 38, and 39. The faith which the apostle is, is describing and illustrating in that which the, has the saving of the soul annexed to it. Okay, again, like I pointed out, that chapter heading is not there. He's just talked about this is the faith that you believe. This is what we're talking about. Now, you've suffered some things. You have... Help me and shown compassion to me and my bonds. But then verse number 35, it says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Look, there's some future things, some evidence of things not seen that we're looking forward to. And don't let the trials and the afflictions that come upon you Destroy your confidence in me. You're the ones, not the ones that drew back. You're the ones that put your faith, and your faith has saved you. So it should take you farther. Whew, this is not... 
There's a song, and I think Elizabeth sang it. I wanted Elizabeth to sing it. I think it's the one she sang while she was here, but I don't think it had the impact that I wanted it to have when she sang it. I'm going to slow it down and just read you the words. Maybe it'll click this time. When I first began to walk with the Lord, I did not fully trust him. When I've heard that song, I had to say, wait a minute. I trusted him in salvation. Yes, you did. But did you trust him for the rest of this stuff? The rest of this journey that we face. And that's, I think, where the theme is here. Look, you trusted him, verse number 39, you believed to the saving of your soul. (laughs) Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look, there's some hope after the saving of your soul. There's some things in store after the saving of your soul that you've got to look forward to. <laughs> that that confidence in that which hath great recompense of reward. Don't cast away, therefore, your confidence. You've got some rewards and some things that's ahead of you. When I first began to walk with the Lord, I did not fully trust Him. How He longed. Whoop, this <laughs> it just come to me. Thank you, Jesus. Last week, for those that heard us, those that were there, the promised land in, in typology, salvation came with what? At the crossing of the Red Sea. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So, but once they were on the other side, they had the wilderness and they could have got there a whole lot faster than what they did. But because people lost their confidence, they didn't get the reward. And they they had all the people to believe them, the ten spies, if they had just listened to the two. But they they all died in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. All of them. They was 40 years old and younger. Died. Or older. 20, 20 years old. So salvation, but then what was ahead of them? The promised land, milk and honey, grapes of Asheville, a reward on the other side of Jordan. And there was witnesses, Joshua and Caleb, that said, look, there's, I mean, they come with a staff and and grapes that was on that staff that hung to the ground. They had to bear it it between two men. That's a lot of grapes. And they talk about the, the upper springs and the nether springs and all that was there. Yes. And they said, we can. Amen. And the ten says, no, we can't. We're but grasshoppers in their side. And they discouraged the people. Right. But here he's saying, look, cast not away therefore your confidence. There's, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Look, you've believed and and. God has saved you because of your belief in him to to salvation, but there's more to believe. Going back to my song here, when I first began to walk with the Lord, I did not fully trust him. How he longed for me to understand that I could trust him, that is. 
So through the valley, whoop, <laughs> he led me, afraid as I could be, until I felt his loving arms embracing me. Look, this is a walk of faith. We just read that in Hebrews chapter 10. For the just, now the just shall live by faith. It's, it's not just, I believe in Jesus and, and his saving power and that's it. It's, it's a walk. It's a, it's a journey from that time on. Verse number two, how could I ever doubt a God whose hands hold this universe? Why would I ever question his ability? There's no place that I can go that he doesn't know exactly I see. There's no place that I can go that he doesn't know the things that trouble me. That ain't, that ain't what I remember. Exactly what I need. The things that trouble me? Okay, the things that exactly what I know. Or exact, exactly what I need. That's the way I, I, I'm used to hearing it sing. Whoever wrote this, I don't know. Exactly what I need. He's always aware of where I am and just what I need. That's exactly right. And the chorus goes... Here it is, saint of God. The chorus goes, I've been through enough to know he'll be enough for me. He's come through too many times. That puts my mind at ease. For good, read it. I, I'll stake my very life. He's going to take care of me because I've been through enough to know. He'll be, he's been enough, he'll be enough for me. But on this side of life, on this side of salvation, saints of God, again, my mind was going somewhere else, and we're still going to get there, hopefully. Saints of God this morning in our faith, you know, it's beyond, we've put our trust in salvation, but there's some things he's got ahead of us, and yes, there's going to be times of trial, we just seen it. The writer of the Hebrews was in bonds, or had been in bonds. The, 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 the people that he was writing to had been in great afflictions, verse 32. You were after you were illuminated, ye endured great, a great fight of afflictions. And if we read down at the end of chapter 11, there were people that... That seen some things. And what shall I say? Let's see. Okay, well. And what shall I say more? Verse 32 of chapter 11. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, Bar and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, comma, quenched the, <laughs> quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in 
fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. You're talking about some affliction. But it doesn't stop there. <laughs> what? How? How can people go through the things that these people went through? Keep that in mind. Uh, and all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. There's some things still ahead. There were some, they were still able to go through those things. They knew that John chapter 14, verse number 1 says, <laughs> we was kind of joking around this the other day, but they held on to the scripture that let not your heart be troubled. Amen. They're being stoned. They're in the Roman Colosseum, and they're getting ready to turn out the lions and the tigers and the bears. They're going to face gladiators, men of war, and they're not men of war. But they're given a sword. How could they look death square in the face? Having a, how did it put it? Believing to the saving of the soul. They could do that because they knew the scriptures that said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, there's faith. Believe also in me, there's faith. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I go to prepare, I say, I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you personally. So I'm standing and I'm facing the trials of life. And I can do that because I have faith. That substance of things hopeful. We're going to see that in just thing. That substance. Look, there's some things in the future that's promised in the Word of God that I can establish, I can put my feet upon. Yeah. That substance. I can't see faith. But there's some things I can stand on because of I've been through enough to know that He's been enough for me. Look, I've come through too many trials. That puts my mind at ease. I've already seen some affliction. Now, that goes back to Brother Chris just thought this morning. <laughs> Ain't that amazing? Brother Chris, in verse number 37, David said, The Lord 
that delivered me out of the paw of the lion. Who did he give credit to? The Lord. So he doesn't face the fight with the lion. There's one instance he could draw back home. The evidence of things not seen. Uh, and out of the paw of the bear, paw of the bear, again the Lord giving, giving credit to do, he will deliver me. <laughs> That's hoped for. He did this for me here, and he did this for me, and he will deliver me out of this hand of the Philistine. And he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with him. <laughs> Saul was the king over all of Israel, head and shoulders above the rest. So not quite necessarily as big as Goliath was, but he was still a big man. I'm here for the Lord, David. David had some faith about him. He said, the Lord delivered me here out of the paw, paw of the lion. The Lord delivered me a second, another time out of the paw of the bear. And he will. Shall and will. He will deliver me. Yes. I'm asked, I've been asked at times, how can you just Believe. How can you be so positive about this situation that we're in? He delivered me out of Paul the line. He delivered me out of Paul the bear. He'll deliver me again. Substance. I looked at this. Substance in general. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance. In general, in a general sense, being something existing by itself, that which really is or exists. Now, substance, okay. You say, well, I still can't see my faith. People can have faith, and you can experience faith, it's, but there's a substance to the faith. And you're, you'll get, I'll get to my vacuum cleaner here in a minute. For those that might be listening to this in the future on a recording, I've got two vacuum cleaners sitting out in front of the pulpit here. And we'll get there in a minute. The substance of things so forth. So, as I was reading here, now he quotes Mr. Thomas Manton in 1670. Thomas Manton said, Faith substantiates or gives a subsistence. So, very close to substance. So faith substantiates or gives a subsistence to our hopes and demonstrates things not seen. Substantiates. Okay, so I'll look that up. Substantiative. To make to exist. To establish by proof or competent evidence to verify and make good. Again, going back to David's example. Look, he's done it here. He's done it here. He'll do it here. Past, future. I've been through enough. I've been through some afflictions. I've been through some trials. God has brought me through this time and this time and this time and this time and I can look back at them 
And when I face future trials, when I face future giants, <laughs> he done, he done, he done it before. He'll do it some more. And then when we get through that battle, we can just come out on the other side and say, he done went and done it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a blessing. He brought you through those storms, brought you through those trials, brought you through those persecutions, brought you through those, through those afflictions. So his faith substantiates or gives a subsistence. Now I looked up subsistence. I'm familiar with subsistence. I have partook in government subsistence in the past. What is food stamps for? A subsidy, a government subsidy. Subsistence. It's a program that the government has to help folks along. Um, unemployment. We pay in while we're working. Okay? But then if we're laid off or get where we can't work or whatever, then the unemployment, if we draw unemployment, we've paid into the, the way that the program was originally designed. Let's put it that way then the, the, the subsistence I get in the unemployment program helps me along until I get another job. Until I can go out and apply and, and get the next job. So subsistence, we're familiar with it in that sense. So subsistence being a real, real being as a chain of different, say, competent, competent provisions... Uh, means of supporting life, that which supplies the means of living as money, pay, or wages. So subsistence lots of times is something just to kind of help, help shore things up, to get you through. So based on subsistence and substantiate, or sub, to substantiate and substance, all again, probably from the same root words, it kind of gives us that understanding. Faith. Now, faith is the substance, okay? Faith will carry you along. Faith will hold you up between times. Just like that unemployment will hold you up between jobs. Faith will hold you up. You can stand on it. You know, I, that unemployment check will carry me through until I get to my next job. Hopefully pay them, you know, my bills or so on and so forth. I mean, I've been through, went down with Nana, down to the, when I was little, down to the, to the cheese line and get some good cheese and powdered milk and all that good stuff. Good cheese. Cracker. Whatever. It's to shore things up. It's to boost us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's future things that our faith can boost us up. Our faith will carry us through. Something that we can stand on knowing, look, the evidence of things not seen, the, peop the, 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 the people testify in the past. Again, going to the, our example of last Sunday, the two people that said, look, we've been there. We've seen it. It's great in the promised land. This is something we can all obtain. In fact, when we read uh, about Rahab, the harlot, Rahab, battle of Jericho, when they finally got there, Rahab told the spies, look, 40 years ago you could have took this place. Because the fear that was in the people and knowing your God was who your God was. Word had already gotten to us and you could have took us then. 
But they listened to the ten. They said this to the two. And we have witnesses along this line here, which, which is brought out as well in this here. Again, faith provides a firm standing ground while I await the fulfillment of God's promises. Faith furnishes my heart with a sure support during the interval. Faith believes God and relies upon his veracity. means the truth. Veracity means truth. He's not going to tell the lie. It's the truth, and we can believe when we can rely on that. As it does so, the heart is anchored and remains steady no matter how fierce the storm nor how protracted the season of waiting. <laughs> These all died in faith, not having received the promises Amen. or the fulfillment of the promises, the promises. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. John, I mean... We were here just in, in reference a few weeks ago, John chapter 6, verse 67. And again, when he said, look, you got to eat of my body, you got to drink of my blood. And they said, there was a hard saying, and the, several disciples quit following Jesus. In Hebrews, they were the ones that turned back yeah. unto perdition. They couldn't get over, they couldn't believe that, they couldn't. There was something about that that they couldn't believe. They couldn't latch hold of. But when he asked Peter, then he said unto the twelve, we asked the twelve, will you also go away? I like Peter's answer. Speaking for the twelve, Peter said, then, Peter, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, who shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, verse number 69, and we believe, there's faith, and are sure. Let me yeah, finish reading. That thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So it wasn't just, just that faith that uh, was exercised toward the fact that he was the Christ. It wasn't a shallow faith. It wasn't something that just was very... Um, Minute, shallow. It was that surety. There was a surety, and are sure it was a strong faith. Amen. And then when we we're in Hebrews now, that the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's something that we can put our 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 feet on. It's something that's going to hold us up. It's something that's going to carry us through, child of God. When we face the storms. When uh, the Hebrew children, we know them by their heathen names that was given to them more than we do their original names, which has a much better meaning to them. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar said, we're going to build this great big idol. We're going to bring everybody out. We're going to hear the sackbut, the psaltery, and the, and the uh, dulcimer. And when you hear the music, sound of the music, everybody's going to bow down to this idol. <laughs> And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not bowing down the light. They, they purposed in their heart they wasn't going to do it. So, so wait a minute. Everybody's bowed down except three men out there in the crowd. Something's wrong with that. 
So they say, maybe they didn't hear it. So they said it again. All right, when you hear the music and the sack, but the psaltery, and the dulcimer, everybody's going to bow down to this idol. And they said, hmm. Nope, they're still standing. Get those three and bring them up here to me. So they did. I'm paraphrasing the story, but you know the story. They take them up before the King Nebuchadnezzar was himself, and he was mad. And they said, and they said, our God will deliver. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what they said. Because, but, going on to say, but if not. So they had, they had done seen what God had done for them when they first got into captivity. And Daniel went and said, look, if, if you'll just let us eat, drink water, eat pulse, and not eat that stuff from the king's. And, and they were all promoted. In Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. God gave them wisdom. God gave them blessings on their lives. See, that's, that's past evidence. Look, he done done it before. He's able to deliver us now. In the future, what we're facing, this fiery trial. Because Nebuchadnezzar had them to heat up the furnace seven times hotter. And in fact, it killed the soldiers that was trying to throw them in. Or that threw them in. They said, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't hear, I'm telling you, I mean, be it known, O Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, they had to, they knew, according to the scripture, as a believer, as a child of God, we can apply it this way, as a child of God, to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. Look, if he doesn't deliver me out of this and I die in the middle of this, I'm, I'm still victorious. Threaten me with death. Threaten me with heaven. Threaten me with eternal life. See how people can stand during these trials, the, the, the times of the trial, because their faith is hard to explain. In fact, I'm trying to get a, a hold of it to be able to explain it even more. But that substance of things hoped for. Again, and here's my vacuum cleaner and we'll go eat. Let's see here. May look for that later. But my back The substance of things hoped for. Now again, going back, and I, there was a, and I, I didn't highlight it, but it goes back to what we've believed in verse number thirty-nine. But we are not of them that who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. What is the object? There's where I was trying to get to. It goes back to the object of our faith. What have we put our faith in? Verse number 9 says, it's our faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to the saving of our soul. For by grace are you saved through faith. What do you have to believe in? He that believeth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him how? He gave him as a sacrifice. He's the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He that, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
So we believed to the saving of our soul. What did we believe in? We believe in Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We believe that he was the sacrifice. So that is the object of our faith. He talks about witnesses in the ear. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Uh, we talk about the we've 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 addressed the resurrection of Christ and the witnesses of above five hundred even when Christ appeared so there's a witness of His resurrection and the the truths the veracity of God's word the truths that are here evidence of things not seen but evident but we've placed our our faith to the saving of our souls in Jesus Christ and it's here and it goes back to the object which is Jesus Christ. And the testimonies of the saints of God. I thank the Lord for the testimony. I thank He nudged me last week. And then the other testimonies that that brought on. He nudged others to testify of God's goodness in their lives. And what God has done for them in their lives. And how God's brought them through in their lives. And when God gives us that kind of testimony, it helps us. It shores us up. It's that substance. It helps us along the way. And when we testify of God's saving grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Is a testimony of John Newton. And he put it in his song. And we know that he was a wicked, wicked, wicked man. He was a slave trader. Captain, he was a slave trader as a crew member, but then he got his own captain of a ship, of a slave, slave trading ship. He had his way with the slaves. He was a wicked man. He, 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 he cursed. He was vile. But God saved him. And then called him to preach. And he wrote this song, Amazing Grace. When he says, I was a wretch, he was a wretch. And there's so many other folks, like Brother Te- uh, Glenn, even in the Sunday school hour, he testified, look, I've been there, done some things, and I'm not proud of them, I God was able to save me, and I could, and Brother Chris back there waving his hand at the same time, and he's testifying to the same thing where God pulled him from, and, and, and the parts of the world that God had pulled him from. And so many times people can say, Look, I've been there and done that. I was there, but God saved me, and now I'm not there anymore. This was happening in my life, but God saved me, and now this is happening in my life. And God gives us witnesses to the saving grace of God when people put their faith in Jesus Christ. God gives us witnesses that should help us to believe. I used to sell electric lights back in the
engine back in the day on a, on a push mower was not, at least in East Tennessee, was not a favorite engine. There was just some little something about it. If you knew about it, then you could kind of work around it, and, and it would work fine for you. But for all of us rigs and track folks, <laughs> we didn't like that dumb engine. It wasn't reliable to us. You can say that about your Fords, you can say about your Chevrolets, you can say about whatever. Some people just buy Toyotas and stick with Toyotas. Or buy whatever and stick with that because it has been a good product for you. It has proven its worth to you. It has proven its, its, um, its abilities to you. Just like this action plan versus this one. The bridge and track engine versus the Kentucky. Or was trying to, in my mind, to bring something down that we understand as far as faith and trust goes. People will get up, I will get up and preach. People will get up and they'll stand and testify of the saving grace of God. I was here as a sinner. I, my life was full, uh, you know, on the path of destruction. I, you know, Friday night would come around and I would waste my paycheck my, my, my family would go hungry because I drunk up my paycheck with my buddies down at the bar on Friday night and I didn't have any money until the next paycheck. My wife left me or was on the verge of leaving me. And then somebody invited me to the house of God. Somebody invited me to church. And that, that preacher got up and he... He had a finger that long, and he put it right out on my nose. It was as if he was preaching directly at me. And there was a tug in my heart that said, that preacher's telling you the truth. If you don't get right with God, you're going to split hell wide open. And he goes, I just started crying. I couldn't understand why I was crying. But I was crying. And he goes, and I just, and he said it. Put my faith in Jesus Christ. He would deliver me of my sins and he would turn my life around. So, and then as people that testified to the same thing, two or three in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. He, and, and the word of God, maybe, maybe I didn't go down the first time, but I took my Bible home. He said, start reading in the book of John. And over here in the book of John, John chapter one, you know, it said that he was the light, the light of every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came into his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them he gave the power. To them gave he the power to, be, uh, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of God, but of, of, of man, but of God. 
Then I got to kept on reading over here, John chapter 3. It said, there was a fellow named Nicodemus, and he told Nicodemus that you must, if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. So I've got the witness of the preacher. I've got the witness of the saints of God. Maybe the one that invited me down to the church that I work with. I've got the witness of the word. And then the witness of the Holy Spirit <laughs> that bear witness within our witness. Something that just pulled us to the altar. And I put my faith in him. And he saved me. And he turned my life around. And he put my home back together. And my marriage has been the best it's been in forever. And, and it's just more peaceful down at the house of God. And so on and so forth. And what God done for me. People will testify to that. I'm testifying that to you. I've seen people's lives turned around. People can stand and testify in here today. I used to want liquor on my lips and I don't anymore. I used to want drugs in my veins and I don't anymore. Why? Because God changed me when he saved me. And folks can testify just like those te the the. Caleb and Joshua, look, in the promised land, if we'll just go on over, God is able to fight our battles for us. The evidence of things not seen. Look, the people, uh, all the things that God has delivered us. Why the word of God throughout the Old Testament rehearses the deliverance from Egypt. Time after time after time again, they established the Passover for a remembrance, generations come and gone of the, of the Jews, they didn't see, they wasn't there when they passed through the Red Sea, but it was rehearsed before then. They wasn't there when they passed through Jordan, but it was rehearsed before them. It was put in the, in the book, and this is a witness to them of that event. And then because Abraham believed, it was counted unto him for righteousness. What did he believe? He believed in God saying, Abraham, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to raise a seed. And he staggered not at that. I'm 100 years old. And God said, I'm going to be a daddy at 100 years old. That's crazy in man's eyes. But he staggered not at that promise. Why? He seen God deliver him when he went up against those kings. Sodom and Gomorrah delivered Lot. He seen God's blessings on his flocks. He seen God just do all kinds of things for him. Evidence of God's hand on Abraham's life. So when season come in and season gone out and his body dried up and, Abraham, and Sarah's body dried up, and was beyond having children, he still said, God said I was going to have a seed. It's going to come out of my loins. I'm believing it. Then they got Isaac. God said, all right, Abraham, I want you to go offer Isaac as a sacrifice. He didn't say, but God. He just said, okay, Isaac, let's go. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> We're going to go worship the Lord. Because in his mind, he said, if I even, and again, if he killed Isaac, and it wasn't just killing him, a sacrifice had to be killed, the blood drained, the pieces cut into, into certain pieces and laid in a special way on the altar. Right. 
and set on fire, Abraham knew that if he went ahead and killed the promised seed, God would raise him up. He had that much faith. Why? Because of what he had, had happened in his life before. So saying to God this morning, you stand in defeat. You stand facing a giant. You stand looking at the dark clouds that's coming your way. You feel the wind. You know the storm's coming. And you're thinking, again, Lord, Child of God, look back. Look back to the afflictions that he's brought you out of. Look back to the saving knowledge. Put you, I mean, we can believe him for our eternal souls, but we can't believe him for our next meal <laughs> or to pay that bill. Or whatever other affliction or trial or whatever that you may have in your life, you can. Because I can stand and testify, he sent deer meat when I had beans on the, nothing but beans, nothing but green beans on the shelf. And a little milk in the refrigerator. That was it. That was all I had. And no money to go buy anything. None. Zip, zilch. I had just paid all the deposits to get into this house. Zero money. I had... Ten quarts of green beans, and that's it. And God gave me 60 pounds of deer meat. When I prayed and asked God, give me some meat to go with my beans. He's done that for me. I can stand and testify many times he's taken care of me. He can do that for you, child of God, whose faith may be wavering. Don't let it waver. Again, what... Is the object of your faith, is it something that doesn't hold up? Is it something that is not reliable? No. It's God. It's Jesus Christ. He's reliable. He's going to hold up. And he'll hold you up. Yes. He'll substantiate your, your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can stand on that. It's sure. The word of God is that witness. It's sure he talked about not passing away. But then, lost sinner, don't be the one that turns back. Where's our text again? Yeah, don't be the one that turns, that draws back, the Bible says, draws back unto perdition. People stand and testify. You've seen it in loved ones. Hey, they used to not be this way. I've seen them cuss. I've seen them drink. I've seen them fill in the blank with whatever sin you want to fill. But he goes, something happened to them. They don't do that anymore. They got a, a brighter uh, outlook on life. What changed in them, Jesus Christ? Salvation, and you can have that too today. Except you can't put your faith in the works that you're trying to put it in. You can't you can't put your faith in that in that new leaf that you're trying that leaf that you're trying to turn over. I I'll just do better. You can't do better. Not without Jesus. It might go for a little while, but then you'll slip up. 
And not to say that you won't slip up as a Christian, because some Christians do slip up. But we have an advocate with the Father. We can go to him, and he's faithful and just to forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive you as a sinner. If you'll just but put your faith in his blood. He died for you a sinner. You got to see yourself as a sinner. And him is your only hope of ever getting to heaven. That's it. I pray that you do that today. So the Lord's spoken to you. Have the musicians come and song leader and have a song of invitation. Saints. You can trust in him. And again, if we get, kept on going in, in Hebrews 11, all the, all the accounts of people that had, that had put their faith in what God had done for them. We just read the last part where he didn't even take the time to mention all the rest of them. God seen them through. God allowed things to happen in their lives, and he can let, let that happen in the saints of God. Again, who that's written to. It was written to the saints. But he can save you as a sinner today. He can save you as a, 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 lost in your sins. He can, he can find you. <coughs> he can save you. He can turn your life around. And you will spend an eternity in heaven. Amen. According to that witness. Yes, sir. As we stand, number 132.